Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. Good morning! Um, it's election day in the past when we were recording this, so I'm feeling a little distracted. A little distracted in your boat shirt. Yes, because as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to be giving people rides to the polls if they need them. I'm going to be making phone calls. I'm going to be texting. I'm going to be reminding everybody to get out and vote, which there's no point to do on this podcast because it's, what, four weeks past election day? Something like that. So anyway, yay me. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. (laughs) We haven't been very good about doing content warnings during recent podcasts, but I do want to take a moment to... um, let you all know that there is a lot of discussion about suicide in the discussion of this movie. So just, you know, forewarned, heads up. If that's not for you, maybe skip this one. Today we are talking about The Lodge from 2019. Yet another of the movies that were made very recently. We like them. We like them. We we have a theme this year, I guess. Yes. So The Lodge is essentially about some kids who end up going to a cabin where there's a lot of snow uh, and and ice and trees, and they're there with their dad's new girlfriend. Because their dad has to go away for some work reason, even though it's literally Christmas. It's Yeah, it is literally Christmas, and he planned a vacation with his children, and they were like, but don't you need to work? And he's like... Well, yeah. Have fun (laughs) with this stranger. So he's an A plus parent. Yeah. Yeah. So so basically, like, there's there's tension right off the bat because these kids are not fans of their dad's new girlfriend, and not just for the everyday I don't like my dad's new girlfriend reasons that most kids in divorced families have. No, it turns out they really like their mom, Alicia Silverstone who did not make it. She found out about the dad's girlfriend after they, she was split up from their dad, so it was okay. Yeah, yeah. But she found out about it and... Then unalived herself. Did that. And so the kids are blaming the new girlfriend. They and don't the like her. Well, yeah, but they really, they're like, we don't need this lady around. Yeah. A couple things. Uh-huh. I would like to point out that... In the first scenes of this movie, they're with the mom. Like, it's the mom doing whatever. And the note that I made was, she has Alicia Silverstone face. She did. And then it turned out that she literally has Alicia Silverstone's face. Yeah, she stole it and plastered (laughs) it on. Also, I was actually stunned. Like, it was one of those moments of, I actually had no idea that it was coming when the mother actually killed herself. Yep. Like, I I knew she was unhappy. Like, I, I didn't know what I thought was coming, but that wasn't it. And when it happened, it was like very abrupt. 
And I was just, yeah. there was a moment of me going like, oh, I was not ready for that. Yeah, they made sure to throw it in there at light speed so yeah. that you just couldn't see it coming, really. Which was cool because it parallels what the kids experienced. Because mm-hmm. I don't think they saw it coming. No. I don't think the ex-husband thought, saw it coming. Like, it kind of was a, a... It put us very much in their shoes of having this, like, sudden, abrupt loss that we were not prepared for. Now, speaking of being surprised and sudden, abrupt moments, this was not my first viewing of this movie. That's right. So, I was not surprised at all. And there's a twist in this movie, which I was definitely not surprised by. And so, that'll be interesting to discuss, but... Yeah, it was. it's difficult for me to know how to feel about this because I've seen it before. Mm. So the fact that their mom died because, I mean, because. as much as, yeah, because their dad was getting remarried to his new girlfriend was part of why they didn't like her. But there was also something else that comes into play with their relationship, which is, I guess the dad, like, was it that he had written a book or he was some kind of psychologist or... What was his connection? How did he meet this girlfriend? Oh, yeah. He's, I think, he's the author of a book, or maybe a maker of a documentary, I forget, about some cult where the new girlfriend was the only survivor of the traditional everybody dies end of a cult. Yeah. There was a lot, a lot, a lot of suicide in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so we see footage of, you know, the leader of the cult giving his, you know, impassioned speech about why they needed to do what they were doing. And then we see, I I don't know why there was footage of her walking around discovering that everyone else in her cult, in her community was now dead. I think she was recording it. But why? Yeah, I don't know. She was going down there with the camera and going, look at all this, guys. Pretty cool. That was so weird to me. Like, I get that they needed some way to have that footage that they wanted to show us because Mm -hmm. some of that imagery was then mirrored later. But it seems like a stretch. And it really was so out of place that I was thinking, okay, wait a minute. Like, did she kill all of these people? (laughs) Like, Oh, that would be interesting. Is she not who we think she is? That was just the beginning of me, like, just stumbling around through this story, not knowing who to trust. Like, this story has unreliable narrators just coming out its ears. Yes. And I think, maybe mistaken, that it does a good job of making you feel like there's some paranormal things happening. Like, it opens with this creepy dollhouse that is very detailed. And we see different scenes set up inside the dollhouse. And throughout the movie, we kind of go back to the dollhouse and see certain scenes, which then it turns out the dollhouse is actually a model of the cabin they're staying at. I think it looks very similar. And I think that's the point. Yeah, I think it is. And and so for the big spoiler here, it turns out that this isn't some creepy, weird, paranormal dollhouse. It's the kids were using it to plan out their horrible scheme that they were doing. Yes. Yes. Okay. At first I was like really charmed by this close relationship that this sibling pair had. Like, mm-hmm. cause it wasn't, it wasn't like creepy close, like <laughs> who invited you close. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was 
they just were taking care of each other. Like they're at the funeral, they're, you know, their mom's funeral and the brother holds the sister's hand or he like comes to her room Mm -hmm. and like sleeps on the floor next to her bed when she's sad. And it was clear that they had this really close connection. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And then once they got to the cabin and you could see like they were straight up vindictive toward her. Like before mm-hmm. even all the crazy stuff started happening, she would turn and try to say something yes. nice to them in the back seat of the car on the ride and they would both just stare blankly at her. <laughs> yeah, they were not nice. And then there was a bit where they went out in the snow, they were out there and the new girlfriend is like hesitant to go out there. She's like, I don't know. And then she finally does. She comes out and he's like, oh, go over there and help her because she's having trouble getting through the snow. And the little girl goes over there and walks up to her and goes, that's my mom's hat. Right? Like just, they were not cutting her any slack Uh and they were not like pulling any punches. And I get why they were angry. Like, and also their children. Like, yeah, they I get it. Can't help but it. woof, they were they were vicious. That that's one of the notes that I made was these kids are vicious. Well, they have permission because kids can be so cruel. <laughs> so there was a point though where I'm like, ooh, ooh, these guys have some potential to be really, really dangerous almost because mm-hmm. of how bonded they are and how willing they are to like break social contracts like they were they had no problems with with being rude or being mean i guess so definitely through a lot of it i was wondering oh (laughs) i have a note where i just wrote in all caps what are these kids up to what indeed are they up to because as much as it was trying to say it was trying to like put the blame on grace yeah i was like I don't know, because that's a real sketchy look on Aiden's face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what we were supposed to think. There were just a lot of possibilities. Like, we go in. Grace is the girlfriend, by the way. She has some mental illness, like PTSD and stuff from this whole cult thing, and she's taking medication for it. But you can tell she's having... Yeah. Yeah. You can tell she's having a lot of troubles and she feels very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. trying to fit herself into this new family and you kind of wonder if maybe there's actually something evil about her right like i mean i think the setup of you grew up in a cult and were raised by some you know this personality who Mm -hmm. you know clearly had some very bizarre beliefs you have to wonder how much of that like sunk in at an early enough age that it can't really be like scrubbed out yeah. So I think there was some of that. There was definitely the, she's taking pills, but she doesn't want her boyfriend, fiance yeah. to know that she's taking the pills. So then you're like, well, what are they? And why is she taking them? And is she doing drugs? Or hmm. is she actually like experiencing some kind of psychotic break or something that she's trying yeah. to medicate without his help? Or, you know, what's going on? Well, and then she's in sole charge of his children now for, he he said- He's leaving and he'll be back on Christmas, which was like maybe three or four days. Yeah, two, three, something like that. And let's be clear, like someone who doesn't have children who is then put completely in charge of a 16-year-old boy and like a, I don't know, 10-year-old girl Mm -hmm. for three days straight with no assistance, like that's a huge ask. Yeah. Especially when those children actively hate you and wish you were dead. (laughs) Yep. And then on top of that, 
it seems like, feels like this is uh, one of those supernatural situations where you're like suddenly cut off from the world and in your own thing. There's a big blizzard that mm-hmm. happens. And then later it gets even more like that where all of a sudden all their stuff just disappears and they're Mm -hmm. like in this empty cabin with almost nothing. Well, and the cabin was a cabin that was important to the mom. Yeah. Like this was a family cabin before the divorce happened. So we also have this hint of like that the mom's ghost or energy or whatever Mm -hmm. is hovering around. Yeah, we've got like a painting that falls off the Mm -hmm. wall, which I don't think the kids did. I think. That just happened. I mean, it's possible. The ghost did it. So, like, there's all these different things that are being hinted at. Like, is it the mom? Is the girlfriend crazy? What is happening? And then... Then... There's a scene where they're like, okay, we're going to watch a movie. And it's... And she has these little kids watching The Thing. Right. Which, I mean, would not have been my choice, but okay. So... They're watching this scary movie. It's cold in the cabin. Aiden, the teenage boy, goes to get a gas heater and like sets it up in the living room. Mm -hmm. And before anyone said anything, I was (laughs) like, this feels like a bad idea. A really bad idea. This, no, this is bad. I'm I'm concerned that there's no one in this room who understands you shouldn't use this heater in this enclosed space. Grace does ask, is it safe to use this heater here? Like she does ask and Aiden is like, yeah, it's fine. And then we like fade to the next scene, right? Yeah. I definitely like, and maybe because I grew up in cold weather areas, like I definitely at that point was like, oh, there is a distinct possibility that we're all dead now. <laughs> yeah. And what's kind of interesting about that is we learn, twist-wise, spoiler-wise, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that this is Aiden's plan. Like, he pulled that heater out in order to make Grace, or to at least plant the idea that they all died of carbon monoxide poisoning and now they're dead in some purgatory, yes. which is really an advanced idea and it also is kind of like this is the plot of the movie we want you to think is happening and it was written by this 16 year old who's a character (laughs) in the movie it's just kind of weird it's like he's writing a movie he was so prepared he had like fake like newspaper articles like he had prepared like a thing their obituaries that talked about how oh they had tragically all died on January 9th of oh, right. it was January a faulty 9th. gas heater. Like, what? He went all in. That was my other note was um, these little kiddos were dedicated. <laughs> yeah, they were. And it was weird how they, not for a very long time, did they ever go like, maybe we're going too far. This isn't great. Right. We're hurting someone. So they took everything in the cabin, including their own coats, everything that they loved, and all the food. Yeah. And hid it in a cupboard somewhere that she couldn't find. Yeah. And then they just were like out there with her, like freezing and starving. Yeah. And then the other piece was, oh, He's trying, once he presents her with this, like, oh, look, we're dead. See, here's our obituaries. I'll prove it to you. And he goes and he, like, hangs himself from the attic stairs as proof. Because he's like, 
see, I can't die. I'm already dead. Cause he had a harness and everything. And I'm like, he was so, so prepared for this. He had it absolutely all out. so elaborate plan. And okay. I had a problem with that because I'm imagining, you know, they cut it off at, with him hanging there, not being dead. But okay, there's a next moment to that. Someone had to help hold him up, pull him yes. off of there. And she's like, oh, oh, hey, this seems to be hooked to a harness on your back. <laughs> be that like, was, oh. So, okay, he had gone up there immediately. And she followed right behind him. And she sees and shocked. Oh, no, he's hanging himself. Yeah. And then she just stands there and watches him. Because my thought was... Why are you just standing there? Like, he literally just did this. Like, why are yeah. you not running up there and trying to, like, hold him up or whatever? Yeah. And she absolutely would have realized. So she had to hold back, which was a weird, like, <laughs> yeah. not realistic but choice. But even after, he has to get down somehow. She would have had to help him. I mean, apparently somehow his 10-year-old sister helped him down. <laughs> well, Grace just stood back and was like, oh, no, I'm not involved in this. I don't know. Like, maybe she ran away or something. I don't know. Oh, this is a movie where the dog dies. Yeah, it is. I didn't like that. I'm sorry. Grace had a a dog that she brought with her. I don't believe that that was actually her dog, though, because that dog didn't care about her at all and spent no time around any of the people. They arrived at the cabin. The dad said, I put a dog bed in the hallway and Grace put the dog in the dog bed, and like the dog just stayed in the dog bed for the rest of the movie until it escaped out the door. And yeah, where it was like, I'm tired of being in this dog bed. Right. I'm going. Do you think that the grief and guilt that Mia expressed when, after Grace found her dog dead, was authentic? Do you think that Mia really didn't intend for the dog to die? Yes, I think it was all the the guilt of what they were doing to her. And this was, we went too far and mm-hmm. she's not okay anymore. And Aiden kept trying to push it, but not, not really in a mean way, more in a like, we have to follow through with this. We can't mm-hmm. stop now mm-hmm. kind of way. Well, that was also the point when Grace gave up, like yeah. she found her <laughs> dog and she just sat down without her coat on the front porch in the snow and was just, like kind of catatonic at that point. And I think that was the point where Mia was like, oh, she'll die if we can't get her back inside. Yeah, they were having a real hard time with that. And yeah, this is a major element of this movie is that religion destroys people. Mm. And early on in the movie, before we get into the occult stuff at all, uh, Mia is sobbing about the fact that her mom is dead. And not just that she's dead, that she killed herself and therefore cannot go to heaven. Yes. And that when I saw that scene, I'm like, that's so terrible. Like this girl is being just doubly dumped on because religion has set up this nonsense that's dumping on her. Yeah. That they've convinced her that heaven and hell are real things and that there are these arbitrary rules about who goes where, and that because of the things that happen, her mom is going to suffer for eternity. Yeah, like, that so that's a real thing for It her. takes her loss and makes it literally infinitely worse. Literally. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, Grace also is experiencing that, where yes. she was, you know, where she was so traumatized by 
the cult beliefs that she was raised in. And then when all these things start happening to her and she starts questioning whether she's actually trapped in purgatory and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these things, like she just doesn't even know, like her brain just snaps. Yeah. And she loses it. And that's how we get to the terrible ending that, you know, she ends up shooting her boyfriend, killing him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's so sure that they're in purgatory, they won't die. Right. She keeps trying to repent, too, because she, you know, she's in purgatory. She's like, this is my last chance to influence which direction I go, I guess. Yeah. And she keeps trying to repent. Um, Aiden's not helping anything by, like, whispering, repent, repent, from all the dark corners in the house. But, like, she does intense things, like kneeling on burning coals like like yeah. red hot logs from the fireplace and like big bad scary things yeah and being out in the freezing snow and all that and yeah in the end she holds them hostage and we don't really know what happens with them it's not good no and what the note that i made was that this was a callback to the cult deaths and The thing that I noticed, and I don't know if this was me projecting something into this final scene or if it was really intended to be there, but the kids, they weren't even fighting it anymore. Like they had pushed her to this extreme. She shot their dad. They tried to escape. They couldn't. They got the truck stuck in the snow. And so she caught them. She's got them tied up at the dinner table and they're not even fighting it anymore. They're just sitting there. waiting for this thing like they have their soup bowls in front of them and they're like waiting to die basically and i almost got this feeling like you know their mom's dead their dad's dead and they kind of knew that they had brought this on themselves in a way feels kind of like the religion thing like this is guilt taking over them right so it it was a really interesting ending in terms of like Thought-provoking. I mean, they were just defeated. They had gone way too far, done something terrible, and I guess they had to repent. I guess so. So I liked a lot of those things. Like, the story of this movie was really very interesting, had lots of twists and turns, had me Mm -hmm. questioning things. But then when things were revealed, it was like, oh, rather than, what? So, like, I like that. The one thing that I really, really have a problem with that I don't like at all is they went up there. Their dad said that he was going to be back in a couple of days, which would have been Christmas. So they arrived like the 22nd, maybe the 23rd of December. And dad's supposed to come back at Christmas, which already like was stupid. Yeah. But then he doesn't because the snow, I guess. I don't know if that's true. I think it's possible that all of this was before Christmas. But their memorial was January 9th, which is still a weirdly long period of time for someone who theoretically died before Christmas. Maybe it took a long time before someone came up and found their bodies. I mean, then then I have some questions about the dad who was like, he left his kids up there for a week and a half. (laughs) Not even able to get in touch. (laughs) Yeah, no, okay, so I, I take it back. The timing isn't quite so wrong. It's still weird to me, but it felt it, like it's not as bad. A week 
plus that this dad was gone when it only should have been a couple of days. It was weird. And that there was no, like at no point was there communication. I mean, I guess the daughter, that point where the daughter was like, I was pretending I miss my dad. She maybe was really talking to him. Yeah. So that he wasn't worried. I don't know. I feel like that dad, after days of not hearing from his girlfriend, who was there with his children, who he knew hated her, would have been like, I'm really going to need you to put Grace on the phone like right now. Yeah, definitely. That feels like a hole that they kind of, you know, they had to make work to make the plot work. And they, it was not believable. Yeah. The other thing that bothered me is they spent so much time focusing on how cold the house was. And like how cold it was outside because the dog froze to death. And if Grace stayed on the porch, she was going to freeze to death and blah, blah, blah. And yet they had one little fireplace in the living room that sure would have kept that space right around the fireplace, perhaps warm enough to keep them all from freezing to death. It would have been fine. But numerous times they were all over the house like... Aiden and Mia are up in some room, you know, plotting with each other. And Mm -hmm. later, like, they're hiding in the attic. Yeah. And I'm like, no, there is no other room except the living room in this cabin with no heat, no electricity, no running water, no nothing, except the fireplace. There's no room that they could have survived in Mm -hmm. except that living room. It is very true. That's Especially wrong. since they had taken all their warm clothes and stuck them in a cupboard <laughs> up in the attic and they weren't using them. Yeah. And they had no food for that whole time. Well, they did have food because they ate like some kind of beans or something. I think there was some canned food somewhere. I don't know why, but they did eat <sighs> yeah. little beans and crackers. All right. Still, there was a lot that was a stretch. Yes, there was. And and it makes me a little annoyed that they like pushed the cold aspect so much for certain parts of it, but then we're like, well, we really need Aiden and Mia to go off on their own. So <laughs> we're just going to pretend that the attic is not, you know, 20 below yeah. right now. Yeah, I think there was some of that to this movie, like with the dad and everything. Like it was, they had an idea of what they wanted to make, and so they were going to fudge reality mm-hmm. enough to make it work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is annoying. Agreed. Ratings. I like those kind of movies where people end up trapped in purgatory or whatever, where they go somewhere that seems normal, but then like you can't get out of it because of magic. That um, entertains me. And mm-hmm. this kind of, in a way, gave you that for real, like, you know, because they were faking it and they tricked her. And of course, I love twists mm-hmm. and people being messed with. So that was good. I do have a problem with the fudging of reality, as we discussed. I'm not really sure quite how to take this movie because this was my second viewing. I knew what the twist was going to be right off. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I did enjoy it. I think the whole thing was well done, which is good because it you know, featured kid actors right in there, and they they did a good job. So it's hard to rate, though, with the pluses and the minuses. I give this movie three and a half turkey lamps out of five. Okay. I mean, I agree with everything that you said. It's, It's frustrating for me to find movies like this that I want to recommend to other people. But the reason I want to recommend it is because it has a cool twist uh-huh. and you can't tell someone 
oh, this movie's really good because of the way it ends, because of the twist at the end, because then they're going to be watching for it the whole time and it won't work as well. Yeah. So like, there's a whole list of movies that I can't, like right now I'm thinking of several that I would say, if you like this one, you should watch. <laughs> I'm thinking of one can't. that's similar to this one as well. There, there are two in particular that are ones that come to my mind regularly. I don't even remember what, they, what they're called, but I always tell you like, oh, the one that... And the one that, and you know what they are. I always know. But I can't say them right now because it would totally spoil them if you knew they were this kind of movie. Anyway, this movie like checked all kinds of boxes for me. Like the cultiness of it, the creepy kids, the unreliable narrator. Like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, there were just all sorts of cool things. It did not go the like super expected route, but it also gave me enough information so that I was able to like sort of like, like what was happening was one of the things I thought could have been happening. Yeah. Which is a good thing to me. Any movie that can make me say, oh, it'll be funny when it turns out they really all did die. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's some interesting twists and turns happening in a movie like that. I also liked, you know, at the end I was like, ooh, Ooh, there's things happening here. Like I'm feeling like I'm having thoughts and feeling feelings about, you know, these kids and it's sad that they're dying and I'm sad (laughs) that all of this stuff happened. But then also, wow, did they bring this on themselves? Like very much. It was you ended up feeling or I ended up feeling very conflicted, which is a cool place to be at the end of a horror movie. So I'm not going to have as much trouble rating it. I don't think as you, I'm going to give this four Turkey lamps. It was a good time. I enjoyed it and I would recommend it. Yeah. I think it was good. My rating was just kind of pulled back a little bit by our discussion of the uh, fuzzy logic, because I hadn't Mm. really thought about that during the movie, but yeah, yeah, it's kind of dumb. Yeah. But it was well done otherwise. (laughs) You know, that's that's maybe a side effect of the fact that we take movies too seriously. Too seriously. Like, if you can watch it and not get hung up on those, like, those little details and just be like, whatever, artistic license. Uh-huh. They made the story work. They did make the story work. Yeah. It just, if you pick at it too hard, <laughs> it starts to fall apart a little bit. But that's most stories. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. Well, dear listeners, you have now had a month to recuperate from the election cycle. I have not had a month as of this recording, but (laughs) when I get to listen to this, this little reminder is for future me. It's been a month. Don't forget to get back into the game sooner rather than later. Um, It's tempting to just be like, oh, finally, I've stopped getting text messages. Mm. I've stopped getting emails. I've stopped getting phone calls. The politicians are leaving me alone. I'm just going to go back to my life and like not worry about politics. And I just want everyone to remember that if you have the ability to say, I'm not going to think about politics, I'm not going to think about what my elected officials are doing right now, that is privilege. That means that they are not actively trying to kill you right now. Mm -hmm. And there are people do not have that privilege. So hopefully you've had a month to recuperate. You're feeling better. You're feeling stronger. We have hopefully a whole bunch of new elected officials for lots of folks all over the country. Look up who your new representatives are. Make sure that all of your information is current, that you have contact emails and addresses and phone numbers. 
and have them all in a place where you can find them easily so that when you have to contact the people who represent you to tell them how you feel about an issue, that you can just pull that information out of a folder and dial up the number, leave your message for your new representative and continue being politically engaged throughout the year rather than just waiting until the, I don't know, like November, 2023, definitely the big January, 2024, things are going to be ramping up again. Cause we're going to be getting yeah, into they a will. presidential election and you guys, it's going to be ugly. Yes, it is. So don't wait. Politics only gets uglier. Yeah. Let's do this. We can do it. And we can watch a movie next week. Also. I'm so excited because we have a plan. I don't even know the plan, and I'm excited. Well, today's movie took place in the snow in a cold cabin. Right. So we're going to use this as a launching pad for our new little series of Christmas-themed horror movies that will bring us up to Christmas. They better be fun, because when I think Christmas-themed horror, I think someone running around in a Santa suit stabbing people with a kitchen knife, and that's boring. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully we'll find some good ones. I mean, there's only going to be four of them. You'll be fine. I don't know if I'll be fine. Well, Well, and one of them, the one for next week, is specifically chosen by me, pulled straight out of my childhood, one of the scariest Christmas movies there is. Oh, (laughs) now I remember what you're planning. Mike is going to be so mad. Friends, sometimes the movies we cover are not horror movies, and you just have to deal with that. See you next week. Don't forget to call your elected representatives. The Lodge, 2019. In this film, there was snow. Also, kids. And a doll. And everybody was dead! And they were all dead, except the doll. Except the doll.